Welcome to the CoLab, the only podcast for business owners who are committed to growth through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Get ready to put your heads together to boost your business to the next level with your hosts, the ultimate team players, Megan Marsh and Andre Munar. So all of us want to make more money. We have a goal of bringing in more revenue. You didn't just start a business just because, right? I mean, there's a reason that you start a business and it's obviously you have some type of goal. And usually that goal, I mean, even for me, it was, you know, what does a million dollars in revenue look like? Like that, that seems to be a number for some reason that yes. fascinated with, you know, um, even though once you get there, you're kind of like, oh, I made a million, but I spent 900,000 of it in expenses. So you really didn't make a million, right? But still people are fascinated with that number, um, that million dollar number in revenue. And it was important to Megan and I, uh, and we felt very proud as we grew our businesses over the years um, and our business sells in volume. So you know, to understand, I'm gonna kind of give you uh, a little bit of history of what we did. So in 2015, we did about $45 million in Products in product sales, yeah, yeah, in product sales, not in uh, in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, we <laughs> exactly in 2016 we did about 55 million, um, and then 2017. Remember, Megan and I got together in 2016. So in 2017 we then did 70 million dollars mm-hmm. together, uh, which was about 1.8 million dollars in gross revenue. But right away you can see from 16 to 17 just our collaboration. Um, really upticked it. Uh, 2018 is, I blacked out in 2018. So I don't really know what happened. Um, 2020 though, we did $110 million in product sales. Like that is incredible. And our gross revenue was two and a half million dollars. And this year, I know we're shooting for it. I think we're going to exceed it but we're going to do nearly $125 million in product sales. And we're probably going to do close to a little over $3 million in gross revenue. But even though we were growing our revenue in the beginning, um, it was the same type of revenue. And we didn't realize how vulnerable that was leaving us, that we were just focusing on one stream of revenue. Yep. And, you know, we experienced it. There's factors that come into into play and in, into any business, um, you know, outside forces, things you can't control. If you work for somebody, you could be let go. Even if you, you know, even, even if you're building a team under a business, um, you know, COVID just happened. That's mm. like unforeseen things that you can't control. And so in 2019, Megan and I really made the decision that we were going to diversify where our revenue came from. Um, and not just, not just where it came into the business, but what other businesses, what other businesses we could generate revenue from, right? So, um, an example would be, you know, we were, we used to focus on real estate agents like a hundred percent. And then we stopped doing that, right? So that's focusing on in the business revenue. And then we decided to, in 2020, because of COVID, we realized how important it was to really diversify our streams of income. Yeah, no, we did it so many different ways that I think these guys are going to get a ton of value out of the the things we're going to share today. 
And so I guess that means that my co-host, Megan Marsh, is alive. Welcome hey guys. back, um, collaborators. And uh, I know that we've got a, a great episode just on how you can increase revenue. Because um, a lot of people always want to know, you know, how can how can we make more money? Like I was saying earlier, you know, everybody wants to know how they can make more money. Um, and so we're going to hopefully help you help give you some tips on that. And uh, if you listen to our last episode, uh, we talked about taking action. So, you know, just take one of these steps and take action. Don't, don't think that you have to do everything um, and then just watch your revenue increase. Yeah. And, and for many of you listening, I'm sure that you've listened to a, let's a YouTube video or a podcast. And I see them all the time where it'll say my seven streams of revenue or my this and that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen that or heard people talking about having multiple streams of revenue, but I want to make sure that we're very clear on the fact that this isn't smart to do just to grow your business. It's smart to do to protect yourself. It's smart to do for your family, your team, right? Yep. But only if you take the right steps and implement them correctly. You know, you need to think through the strategy and what you're going to do, map it out, look at the numbers, systematize it, because you really can do this in so many ways. And the longer that you, the further you go on your entrepreneurial journey, you're going to learn to start growing your mind in different ways Mm -hmm. that allows you to have so many different options. And like Dre said, if you try to do all of them, you're going to, you're just going to get burnt out. Yeah, frustrated. Yeah. And and really you're right, Dre. I didn't put that one, you know, I don't think either of us are talking about it. Of the five strategies we're gonna start going through here, you know, we first diversified where our mortgages were coming in from. So mm-hmm. that was like a, a step that isn't part of the five strategies. You know, the number one is one of the most dangerous numbers in business. It is number one, because if you rely on one thing, it can literally take you out if if that yeah. And we started this in 1920 is when COVID hit. And so, you know, if you experience COVID, if you're like, I hope that never happens because I just started my business, you're going to hit something, guys. You're going to hit something. Mm -hmm. It is going to rock your world. So at least start thinking differently here because some of these strategies take longer than others. So if you're ready to look at this topic differently, create that rock solid foundation for yourself and your family. You know, here are the five strategies that we're going to be discussing in the episode today to help you increase your revenue and grow your business. So the five strategies in the episode that you can consider, and my goal for all of you listening is to implement one, just one of them. Pick which one you can apply to your business, no matter how small or big it is. Mm-hmm. So the five strategies are, number one, changing your pricing on your current products. Uh, and you know, that happened when Andre and I joined up. So you'll be hearing about that one. And it, it, it's good. It's a, it's a story <laughs> and a lesson I learned from him. And number two is focusing on the product that makes you more revenue or mm-hmm. the marketplace and the audience that could make you more revenue. Um, the third one is adding a new product or division that you currently are not selling. The fourth one is recruiting and bringing in more salespeople. And the fifth one is affiliate or reoccurring revenue from something different, which we'll dig into like a podcast or a course, um, things like that. So I'll start with, since it was my lesson learned, 
when we join forces, the first strategy, which is changing your pricing on your current products. And like Andre shared in the beginning, we uh, we sell our products in volume. And so just to make it easy for anyone listening to understand, um, let's pretend uh, that I sell 10 million in a year in product. And so what happened was I came in and Andre and I were, were pretty close to, you know, selling the same amount. It would be like, we both sold about 10 million. Actually, I sold a little bit more than Andre and, mm-hmm. but he brought in more revenue than me. I remember that. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter what I sold. And it's the same thing like you just said. Um, you know, and this meant that if I closed 10 million in sales, I was bringing in, we did percentages. So I was bringing in 175,000 if I sold 10 million to 200,000. And Andre was closing the same 10 million in sales and bringing in 250 to 275,000. That is a lot of money. Yeah. And our sales weren't just 10 million. You know, you just heard him share our sales were like 50, 60, 70 million. Like, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars because I had never been taught differently or I was too afraid. You know, when I was pricing things, even when I tried and finally my team pushed me out of the way because they had no problem (laughs) pricing it correctly. I was the problem. And don't, and if you do this, so you really should look, go research other places that do what you do, see what they're pricing, learn how to sell your value. And then always revisit this because it's something that we watch every month because when we get new people that come in or we have a month where percentages are lower, we go back in and look and see why that is, what the case is. And it's actually going to be, you know, looking at why maybe our percentages are lower one month than another is going to lead us into strategy number two that Dre's going to share. That's a really great tip, Meg. Uh, I love that one because that's an easy way to just kind of look at to make sure you're pricing yourself right in in your market for your industry. So that's an easy one to just take a quick look at. Um, and don't underestimate the value of you know of your services and of your products. Um, the The next one that we kind of talk about is um, focusing on a specific product or or a clientele, maybe that a maybe you have a passion for serving, and b maybe. I mean, maybe it's an underserved market or C, maybe it's a, um, an area where that revenue is a little more. And we, the best example that I can give is really the mortgage industry. So government loans um, have a higher margin, right? Which is why a lot of lenders really like government loans. We're talking about FHA and VA loans compared to your typical conventional loans, right? So for example, uh, a conventional loan may only pay a lender two, two points, which for this example, 100,000, two points is $2,000, where a government loan such as a VA or FHA loan may pay five points, right? So again, a $100,000 loan at five points, that's $5,000. So now you're talking $2,000 in revenue versus $5,000 in revenue, right? Uh, so which one are you going to focus on? And there's no right or wrong. Um, again, this is just another way to increase your revenue because we have some lenders who th- their specialty is conventional, right? They crank them out. They do a lot of volume. They do a lot of loans and that's their specialty. And then there's other lenders who their specialty are the government loans. They may not do as many government loans, um, but they're higher margin. So they're making the same amount of money. 
um, than the conventional loans who are doing twice as much uh, loans. But uh, again, the revenue is a lot higher. So that's one way is looking at maybe the customer or the product um, that's going to maybe make you a little bit more money. Um, another way that we increased revenue was, uh, and, and we're kind of just starting to do this in general, is we're getting licensed in some states where maybe our loan amounts are higher. Um, so for example, when I moved to Puerto Rico and we started getting all these inquiries, I mean, I'll be honest, I probably have like 30 inquiries for million dollar loans. So if anybody wants to lend their own money, um, that would be great. Contact me. Um, but besides those like jumbo loans, which, um, which is a, another story, the average loan amount around that I've been getting around here is anywhere between like 300 to 400,000. Um, and our average loan amount, when we first got together, it was 140. Thousand, so we're talking almost two and a half times our average loan amount. I think this year it's closer to like one eighty ish, one eighty five. I think it's around two hundred now. Yeah, so you know, I, as we've matured, we've gotten you know a little bit of higher loan amounts. But before, you know, we were, I mean, we say it all the time. We're we're really units based company. Um, you know, when loan officers would say, "Well, I did a hundred million." They'd be like, well, I did five loans for that. And then Megan and I would be like, wow, well, we did a hundred loans, but we only did a quarter of that, right? We're not proud of that because it's more work. I mean, you're talking, it's the same process. And I just want to say one last thing here about strategy two. No matter what, if you decide to start looking at your products and you find that there's one that your company makes more revenue on, this is not about putting customers into the wrong products. That is unethical and it's not the way to increase revenue. You don't go to a customer and sell them a product, a government loan, like Dre was, you know, mentioning just so that your company can make more money. This just means that when we write blogs or create videos or, you know, we focus on topics that appeal to that base and that, and that will draw people in who need that product. Thank you for bringing that up, Meg. I think that's super important that sometimes people focus on the money and not the passion or serving the client. So definitely don't focus on, oh, just because this product pays more, let's get them into that product. Um, Make sure it's still the right product for your client or that you have a passion for selling it. Yeah. What's that saying? Like, don't chase the money because if you follow your heart or something, money will follow. Yes. Yes. And we know that's true. (laughs) Yeah. And that leads us into strategy three, which is adding a new product or new product division that you're currently not selling. And so this could be a new product that aligns with your current products, or it could be something that's very different if you're ready to start a new division. So uh, in our mortgage company that we brought up many times, we're planning on adding what's called a non-QM loan division. And you know, we currently sell conventional and government loans and we're very good at them. Mm-hmm. So adding a non-QM loan is a natural progression for us and follows the same process as the loans that we're currently doing. And it's going to allow us to approve more people, you know, but we just need to train our team, make sure we have the right suppliers for, you know, that product. So that's a very easy and natural fit for us as a company. Um, but then we also tried in the same sense, um, we had also opened and started a new division in 2019 and yeah. that was commercial loans. And we actually had to open a whole new LLC. 
Um, very similar. So we, it, our company supports it. So the same people who work on loans sit in our offices, um, but it had to be a different division. And I guess it's something that's still growing and it's taking a lot longer than, you know, I thought it would. Um, but that's only, and it's kind of the one word of warning I want to give all of you is to do your research and ask people who sell those products if you're adding that division, because we didn't realize how different commercial loans would be to our residential loan products. Um, we have the man manpower to handle it, but the investment up front was a lot more than expected. And if you need a quicker return, a different strategy that we're going through might be better if you're trying to pick one. Yeah, that's a great point because uh, the commercial took a little longer to get going. So, but it was a long-term vision and it's a huge payout. Um, so that's a great point, Meg, to make sure that you understand that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't pinpoint a reason why we didn't maybe do this earlier on. Um, and I don't really, know what you're focused on, right? Yeah, but um, I, I also don't want to say it was in regard... I don't want to say it was like ego that you and I thought we were going to build the business ourselves. I don't know why we didn't do this this next strategy, which is recruiting and bringing in more salespeople. Mm. Um, I think we were just kind of focused on, I don't know, just serving, I guess, and being obsessed with the mortgage industry at the time, but really recruiting and bringing in more salespeople. Um, that, that to me is kind of a two way street. One, it, it, it absolutely adds more revenue to your bottom line. We have absolutely seen that and we're not making a killing off of it by any means. So I want to make sure that you understand that. And Megan is a numbers person. So thankfully I've got Megan, but she does a spreadsheet, right? And she sees, we, she breaks out the numbers. Okay. So if this person does this much in revenue, what's the bottom line going to be? Because that person is still going to carry a certain amount of expenses, right? So you're not going to make every, if, if you make a thousand dollars off of somebody, don't think that that's your net profit off of that person, right? You know, realize that you've got expenses with that person. So one, it's going to add. Uh, bottom line dollars to your bottom line. Absolutely. But you just need to make sure that that bottom line is in the positive. And two, it really becomes fulfilling, um, which is really the direction that we started heading in with our inside team. And then it, it became into a loan officer thing. It's really fun to just watch people grow and watch them make money and um, and watch them go, wow, I'm going to get a $5,000 paycheck. I'm going to get a $10,000 paycheck. I'm going to get a $15,000 paycheck. That becomes fulfilling as well. And it becomes contagious to your organization. Um, so I think uh, that's a really big key point is making sure that if you uh, are in a position where you can recruit and bring in more salespeople, that you should absolutely do that. Um, one one word of caution that we're definitely going to uh, want to let you know is if you decide to bring in more people, um, know that your role will be absolutely tested. Um, it can be difficult to sell yourself while helping others succeed, which I absolutely love um, that we talk about that because um, <laughs> because we we also we talk about all the time how. You know, we don't understand how business owners compete with their with their own staff. Like, yeah, we don't really compete with our staff. We have our own set of business, but we also really love watching people grow without having to compete. And one example is, you know, on our on our leadership board, we don't put ourselves on those pedestals as far as like, well, we we were first, second, or third. You know, we celebrate the success of others. Um, so making sure that when you're ready to do that, that you and this is another episode we just talked about um, that you have very, very clear 
process is, I'm laughing because this is just what we're going through. Mm. <laughs> um, that you have very clear, let me make that clear, very clear processes, procedures, and onboarding outlines. Um, it makes it so much easier if you do it ahead of time. I'm, I'm not going to say it's a mistake we did because it's a growing pain. Um, so hopefully you guys can get the lesson out of it before you get to the point because, you know, we've never really had anybody teach us these things. So making sure that, that you have those things very clear because we see way too many, too many businesses focusing on trying to grow this way. And then it just becomes, it, it just ends up a disaster. We actually, we just recruited somebody from uh, another company where we've kind of heard that, right? Where the top is really trying to be the top dog in the organization, but they're also trying to run a business with, I don't even know how many team members they have, but it's a lot. And it's just not working because you, you can't be sales and fulfillment, right? You can't be the number one sales and loan officer and be an excellent mentor, um, and so, you know, I, I, I want to say, and I want to believe that we're doing it the right way. So make sure you're picking the right technique when you're working on your business before you implement it, um, so that it's successful. And maybe this, this strategy is for you. Maybe you want to bring on salespeople, um, and maybe you don't. So just make sure that you really, um, and also I would maybe talk to some other business owners who have salespeople. I know we do that a lot. We, you know, talk to other brokers, Hey, you know, how do you hire? What's their comp plan? What, you know, what policies and procedures do you have in place? Do you have any manuals? So on and so forth. So talk to other business owners in your industry who have hired salespeople and um, ask them for some best practices. No, I think those are great tips. And then the, you know, strategy five, the last one, I, I almost, there's like two pieces to this. So um, affiliate reoccurring revenue from your expertise. So many businesses out there have expertise and experiences, you know, business owners like us that other businesses and new people would love to learn and lean on. So deciding, you know, for us to decide to share this knowledge and help others, you know, outside of your industry, it, you know, or outside of your company, that's where you can really add this other different revenue. And there's so many different ways from coaching, consulting, you know, um, YouTube blogs, like, but sharing your expertise, you know, that it's kind of that called that educate education based marketing and revenue that comes in. Um, and now you can't just decide to do this without spending some time becoming an industry expert and an industry leader. But the strategy behind this one is offering value to others that will help them grow. And it, you know, mm -hmm. it can be through, it could be as simple as because this is where I feel like you need time to gain your expertise, but you could be new in an industry and you could blog or podcast about your experience starting in the industry. And you could like recommend books or other podcasts that have, let's say, affiliate links that could pay you, for example, for some things. Um, you know, and content that reaches a different audience than the customers that you serve in your business. And so that was something Dre and I decided to do when we started this podcast and are currently, you know, we're creating our first, you know, pretty big course and masterclass to help others who want to start an independent mortgage company. Um, and there's nothing like passing on lessons that we learn that will help others get to success faster. There's so much value in that. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think enough people who own businesses think about doing that because you're so overwhelmed in like running your business and the people. It's not like an online business necessarily, but you're trying to like create this little piece Mm -hmm. that can help others and have that fulfillment in a different type of revenue. Andre, I'm sure that anyone listening right now, hopefully their mind's a little blown, right? And And they're thinking outside of what they sell. Oh my and, God, yes. Right. And I so, remember when we were mind blown where when our coach was like, Okay, there's three ways you can increase revenue in your I, I never thought of it, right? He was like, no. You can increase BIPs, you can add a processing fee, or do higher loan amounts. And we were like, Oh wow. Yeah, these aren't the o- these aren't the only ways. Like we had to pick five, yeah. and so these were the ones that we wanted to share with you today. But maybe, you know, you could share with our listeners. You know, how can they evaluate which strategies, if it's one of the ones we talked about or a different one, how, like, what are the things they should think through that could help them immediately try to apply something that adds some additional or a new, you know, revenue source? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really also going to depend on your experience level as a business owner and where you're at, right? So maybe if you're a new business owner, you're probably not trying to start a new course or you're probably not trying to add a new division to it. No, don't, um, do that. <laughs> don't do Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So it's going to depend on your experience level. Um, you know, you're, you're, like I said, you're not going to, you're not going to do four or five, but you may do uh, like number one, right? So what product is making me the most money or how can I increase, you know, if I'm selling a product for $5, should I increase it to five fifty or $6, right? So that's an easy one that you can do based off of your level ex- of experience. Um, time is another consideration, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so, okay, maybe you've been, Maybe you've only been a business owner for a year, but you've been in the industry for 10 years. So you have a lot of knowledge and you can create a course, right? You're like, man, I have so much knowledge. I have so much information, but that course is going to take me a long time, right? So maybe that's not, uh, that's not one that you want to do because the course is going to take you a little bit of time. Um, maybe adding uh, a different division to something that you do. Um, because you've been in the industry for 10 years. So maybe, you know, a few different avenues in the industry. So maybe adding that, um, strategy five is one that I think really anybody can do. And we're really seeing that a lot right now with the podcast, right? Everybody is podcasting in every single industry. And so when we talk about strategy five, it's, um, podcasting is an easy one in regards to strategy five, because it brings it brings awareness to your business, right? And then people actually get to hear your voice. And so they connect with you a little deeper. And so Megan and I kind of talk about that a lot of why we do the podcast is because it brings us more brand recognition to the company. And it kind of just keeps our face out there because we have stepped out of the business so much. So strategy five, I really think... Can I say something before you move on to the last few tips for them? I thought of Mm -hmm. this. So let's say you don't have the experience. You haven't been in an industry. Let's say one of our new mortgage loan officers wants to start a blog or a podcast, what I would recommend for them, if this is you and this, you're hearing this and you're like, gosh, I don't have that experience. You still start the blog or start the podcast. um, And think about what is your expertise that you bring into that new industry. So let's say that you, you know, you're young, you're no, you know how to do social media. Like it's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Our industry, the average age is in their 50s. Like you could do a blog for people in the mortgage industry or a blog for people in the real estate industry on 
the best tips and tools for social media or video or something, right? That goes to that audience with this, with that thing that you are really good at before you even started. That is a great tip, Meg. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes, you're welcome. Um, and just to finish off some things here, I really think anyone can implement strategy two and three. Um, and I know we really didn't use the word niching, but it's niching and you hear it all the time. It's riches and niches, right? So picking and focusing on a certain product or a certain type of consumer um, that's, that's maybe underserved or if it's not underserved, maybe you're just really good at connecting with that type of community. Um, and so that's another great example. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to get, if you want to get started with recruiting or bringing in salespeople, I would really probably say that's more maybe for an established business owner who, you know, you've already got your pro because we had given you some advice and said, you know, please make sure that, um, you know, you've got processes and procedures in place. So before you go into, you know, bringing on salespeople and recruiting people, you really have to think that through the whole way in regards to, okay, do I have a process to onboard them? Do I have systems to, um, do I have systems to make sure that their success is going to be ensured? You know, do I have everything ready to go for them? So that might be one that's a little bit down the road, but I can tell you that's a fulfilling one. And it's also one that adds to your bottom line. Um, I think those are awesome. And I think it's really going to help some people who are, if, if we would have thought of this stuff back when we started, we'd be so much further ahead than we are. I, I look at our, my mm -hmm. YouTube channel and I stopped for like two to three years in the middle. If I hadn't stopped, I can't even imagine how many viewers we'd have, which we could start, you know, having you know, commercials or ads on there. So, um, I think this is great for any of you write them out, write other strategies down, pick one and lean into it and give it some time. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. So we hope that we have helped you think of some new ways to increase and grow your revenue. You know, you, you have big goals, just like we do. And anything is possible if you take time to plan it out and execute it. You know, remember that you're not alone if you're trying to figure out all these things. We've been there. Others listening have been there and they're trying to figure it out too. Getting to know yourself is also a big part of this. And that's why we wanted to create something special for you. We wanted to create a quiz for you that helped you pinpoint and tell you that, you know, if you're built right now and have that mindset to be an entrepreneur, just to, to continue to grow your revenue, your ideas. And it's okay if it says right now your mindset isn't quite there. That's actually one of the best things to find out. That might be why you're hitting roadblocks. And getting the coaching, the training, getting into masterminds, asking questions of others is what you need to do. So this quiz will tell you if you can continue to grow like you are right now as a business owner, no matter what level you're at in your business. So if your goal is to start or grow your business, go over to thecolablife.com backslash biz quiz. Once again, that's thecolablife.com back, backslash B-I-Z-Q-U-I-Z. -I -I Can't wait to find out your answers. Share them on social, email them to us. 
Um, but we made it for you. Go get it. And then to wrap up for today, we have a huge favor to ask all of you listening. If you found this podcast helpful, we would greatly appreciate it. If you could take a minute, leave us a review, give us some feedback. This helps us with what you like, what you want more of. It also tells other people who listen how it can help their business. We want to help more small businesses like ours, like yours, service businesses beat the odds, create long-term sustainable businesses. And all of us are up against the odds and expected to fail within those first five years. It's this type of information and all of us sharing things together that are going to prove the numbers wrong. So we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about your successes, the things you're struggling with. You know, we want to answer your questions. You can send them to hello at thecolablife.com. And if you do leave a review or love the episode, take a screenshot, share it on social media and tag us at the Colab Life so that we can give you a shout out on the next episode. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Bye, collaborator. Hey, collaborators. I just wanted to say I appreciate any and all of you out there who have joined Andre and I on this journey and sharing just the lessons and the people we've met along the way. And it would mean the world to us if you would hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and more than anything, getting some feedback from any of you that are starting a business. If you have a business and you have questions or needs or a specialty you want to share, You can reach out to us on our website at thecolablife.com and our Instagram handle as well, thecolablife. You can also find us on Facebook or YouTube at thecolab. And you can email us at hello at thecolablife.com. Thanks again for joining us and stay tuned next week.